Hello and welcome to Track This. My name is Kriya Gangia. Every week we are going to be bringing you the latest Formula One news, debates about the biggest topics and of course the most in-depth analysis before and after every Grand Prix. Now I'm going to be joined on the couch by some of South Africa's most well-known motor analysts, motorsport analysts and enthusiasts and today is no different. So let's get the show underway. Joining me on the couch today, we have Avon Middleton, who is the director and publisher of Top Gear SA and a very big motorsport analyst. We've got Matthew Kanai, who's a motorsport uh, uh, or professional automobile and lifestyle content creator. And then, of course, we've got Richard Mwamba, who is the co-founder of Motorist SA as well as the co-founder of So Social SA. Guys, welcome to the show. Howdy. Hey, hey. It's good to have you with us. What a performance last weekend. Let's talk about this. And I think, Matthew, we're going to start with you <laughs> because you're already representing. Max <laughs> had such... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what it could be. Max had such a great performance, a clean sweep this weekend. Yeah, look, it was really good. I was impressed with the performance of him and also the car. I mean, for most people, they'd find it quite boring because he's just going to win again. But, you know, when you represent a team that struggled to be first and was second for the longest time. It's nice to be on the winning side of things, but yeah, good race for him and good for Sergio as well. Picked up his, uh, his feet and didn't drag his socks this time. So <laughs> I was happy with him, but also it's, he kind of silenced the haters going from all the way into like the bottom 15 all the way to P3. So very happy with that. We've spoken about this in depth when it comes to Red Bull and the performance of Red Bull. Avon, we're not going to see them lie back for the rest of the year. We're pretty much going to see them take the next 13 races. So that's my theory. I've, I've theorized, in fact, I've done this publicly on radio, that Red Bull is going to win every race this season going forward. I know that's, that's a big statement, particularly with Silverstone coming up, and you know, they've, got, they've got a bit of a curse at Silverstone. But there's no reason why we would assume any different. There's just nothing. You know, if you analyze teams, everything they're doing is good. So Max is fantastic in the car. That's the, from a driver perspective. The car itself is great around corners, fast corners, slow corners. Top end is great. Then there's the team. They don't mess up pit stops. They don't mess up strategy. So you kind of go, okay, where's it going to break? You know, uh, they haven't had any issues with, you know, uh, um, breakdowns or DNFs, mm -hmm. you know, due to the car having a problem. So, like, where's it going to, like, I just don't see where it's going to go wrong. There's just nothing, you can't convince me otherwise. And, you know, like, Max is on a charge, you know. Um, you know, even Sergio on his best day, I think he's going to struggle to beat Max. Max is in, he's in top form, he's confident, he's just at one with yeah. the car. Let's be honest, if Max wanted to, he could win by another 10 seconds. And if the team allowed him to. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't greedy for that last one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We can safely say the championship's technically in the bag for him. No, true. It definitely is. It's, I, I, I do disagree, though. I don't think he's going to win everything. Ooh. I think there's going to be some surprises. I think McLaren have good upgrades coming through in, in, at Bridge, Bridgestone. Oh, it's wow, it's Silverstone. As well as M Mercedes as well. So I think that's going to be quite interesting. I think it's, it all is track dependent and it's all downforce dependent. I think there's going to be some surprises, just like the Premier League. There's going to be some surprises there. <laughs> he's going to win the championship. There's no doubt about that. It's not going to be a three. Okay. I think one of the most standout points from last weekend was the fact that everybody was talking about track limits. <laughs> I think this was probably <laughs> the most this. intense race when it comes to track records, Matthew. I think the stewards were just, I don't know, they were having a field day because we saw it in practice and in some of the sprint races. 
people were going off and they said track limits, track limits. But then I started to see abuse of other teams and teams were like, well, if stewards are going to do this, then other teams will. So Lewis and the other drivers behind mm -hmm. there say, hey, look out for him. You know, Gazzy's going off track limits. He's going off. Science is going off. So I think it was a bit too harsh. Look, it, it wasn't like that last year. I think they've just been a little bit too scrutinous mm -hmm. of this, but it was unfair. And I think it took away from a lot of the race. People just wanted to race. You know, you're going to make mistakes. They could be lenient on it, but it, it wasn't really a great. And they kind of making it kind of sucky for everyone. Yeah. So are we, th are we saying that they should carry on with the strictness with track limits or they should reduce it? What field yes. are we sitting in? I, I say they must, must carry on because what makes it fair? Formula One drivers are the epitome of driving excellence. Isn't that correct? Yeah. So if you're not sticking it within the white lines, you should get a penalty. It's but as simple as that. But everyone is being subject to that. So you can't be as hard. Enforce it, yes. True. But don't be as strict because then a driver will focus more on not touching the outside. But that's what makes it more fun. Because for me, it's all about the discipline that you have in driving these fast cars. So if you're not as disciplined to keep it within the white lines, you must get a penalty. And I think it, it was fair for them to apply them. I mean, they were like giving out coconuts that day. <laughs> it was just everywhere. And I think that's fair. Mm. So from Lewis to, I mean, who was the last one that got signs, got one. Yeah. They were blend, I think the whole team, <laughs> everyone got yeah. those. But those also, it, it changed the order of the race. So we yes, had an exactly. order of the race. And then exactly. next thing, the stewards are like, no, no, hang on. Let's investigate 1,500. Exactly. So and I was like, no, like. Enforce it, but don't make it so strict where it just it ruins the experience. Because now you watch the race, you go home, you're like, oh, my team got this points. Then you come back two hours later, and then what happens? The orders change just because someone... So I think it turned a really good race into a bit of a sham. And my opinion is simply this. Rules are there. Rules are there to be followed. Mm. And the drivers knew the rules up front. So I agree with you partly mm. that a rule's a rule. If you go against it, you must be penalized. Mm. The problem I have with this particular race was... Last year they had track limits, but they were quite lenient. Mm. And they, they dished it out to, let's say, the really serious offenders. Let's call them the Ocons of the world. <laughs> this year they decided that they were going to be completely strict. Mm. But then they figured out there are so many of them that we actually can't do this. And they kind of gave up. It was only through Aston Martin's appeal that they said, okay, well, you can't dish out penalties to some people and then not and then dish not out because everyone. you're tired or yes. because there's too many yeah. to review. That's not yeah. fair. And that's why they had to go and have yeah. this whole review process and look at 1,200 infringements, etc. So the point is, if you're going to have a rule, you must be able to police the rule. Yeah. <laughs> not you know true, I mean? 100%. And then the second thing is, know what the leniency is. Because sometimes there are rules where you've... You've got to apply a little bit of discretion in terms of leniency. Mm -hmm. So you can't say in 2022 we're going to be like this, but then in 2023 we're going to be like this. Yeah. Because then it was a sham, let's be honest, because everybody was a steward. Oh, no, Lewis is going off. <laughs> oh, Gazzy's going off. No, Norris is going off. No, like you just go, guys, let's just race. But on and that that's though, a problem. On that, how much fun was it? to watch all of that. Let's be honest, watching that was not fun for me. What was fun was the racing. No, it's not yeah, fun. You want to see the overtakes, you want to see wasn't the actions on it's, track. It's, it's not fun because it became a bit of a farce. It's fun when a driver's going, oh, he pushed me off onto the grass. Oh, he's, you know, he's, my nose was ahead. Yeah. That's cool, because that's a racing incident. Yeah. Now what we're doing is we're policing five centimeters over a line and everybody's talking about it, but was there any racing action on that line? No. Everybody's going like into nitpicking. Yeah, you're nitpicking. And the driver, you know, when a driver's becoming a steward, mm. you know, we you know the days of Vettel. Vettel was always a steward. <laughs> yeah. Alonso's a bit of a steward, yes. you know. But like everybody had had something to say. And because of the penalties being so inconsistent, mm. it started going, well, this is unfair, this is mm. unfair. And then you have a right to go, oh, no, but you've penalized Lewis, but how come you haven't penalized oh, Ocon? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But I think, the, I think that the other thing is to just say, I think the track limit, for me, old school Formula One fan, track limits are a problem. 
my thing is build the track and then if there's a section where you think because it's a safety concern mm. that they shouldn't be then change that part of the track mm. we're, we're, we're in an era where they do that yes so i don't think a curb there would be right but put some asphalt uh, uh, some some turf on mm. it put something Kitty that's got really bad grip mm. so that yeah you can go there but you'll be penalized yes. the, the thing with the track limits thing is i've got a guy on my back and i've got a guy that i'm attacking now i must still be worried about the five centimeters i'm going off the line mm. just penalize me on the track do you know what i mean and let it be fair for everybody yeah. because you also have to ask yourself the question why austria mm. Yeah, why particularly this yeah, way? Not but, but wait, yeah. let's, let's put a little bit of a pin in this. <laughs> we'll <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get, get back it. to this topic. <laughs> There's so many things that we need to discuss. Let's talk uh, Austrian GP. We spoke a little bit about track limits and how strict the stewards were this weekend. Um, but it kind of showed us a little different side of racing. It gave us an opportunity to see McLaren. Guys. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> McLaren was doing something on a Formula One track, Matthew. Yeah, look, I'm happy that Zach Brown actually did his job this time and he got some competitive advantage for the car. I mean, look, they're a team that most people like. Everyone's got a very strong, you know, affection to them. But their car did struggle beginning part of the year. Everyone struggled with porpoising. Most of the teams have fixed it. But with their upgrades for aero, um, very good improvement. Also, I was very impressed with Oscar Piastri's performance. Mm. Um, did very well, especially for Lando Norris as well, getting into Q2 and Q3, especially for Spring and qualifying so I was very happy with that and I've, I've got hopes for them they've got new livery coming up so maybe them with the most sponsors can actually do something with that money I mean if all else fails they'll just blind people with their new <laughs> livery because it's like this shiny silver colour that, that takes me back to you know, you know that heyday of Formula 1 when you know Lewis Hamilton was this new kid on the block you went orange though no, no, they're, 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 that's the livery. They're going to be running that, that chrome livery. Yeah, the chrome livery. And great. it takes me back there. So I think it's great that they're celebrating. And I think if you look at McLaren's journey, let's be honest, it's been really tough for them. And yeah. let's not lie, it's still incredibly mm. tough. But I think from a business perspective, things seem to have been turning around. And so now to get a car, or to get some upgrades that work, you know, mm. put the upgrades on, they work. And just to say, Piastri didn't have the upgrades this weekend. Only, only Norris did. Mm. And in Silverstone, Piastri should get them. So we'll see how that raises his performance. But also, Norris is an Austria specialist, man. He's just had such a good time there in mm. recent times. So Even in Formula nice 2, he was see. quite good in that. But it's also, I think it's, it's it, the biggest problem that McLaren had, they were led by uh, youngsters. And I think that's, there was no good experience yeah. that they had. You know, they didn't have, you know, older heads to lean on, you know, recently. And I think, but now it's coming to the fore. The, mm. the upgrades are good. They've got a, a good vehicle that actually turns it doesn't oh. bounce around and break people back <laughs> around exactly, yeah. anymore so i think it's going to be good i think it's going to you know you know ignite that middle field that we want you know we all want exciting racing and that's why i love the thing about it and i'm going back to the track limits but for me it was a, it wasn't a, it wasn't the red bull show and that's what i loved about it it was exciting yeah. from that perspective yeah. that yes stick within your time limits and i know i'm, I'm digressing but it's it's going to you know enthuse everyone from mm -hmm. the the middle to the back to the to, to the front as well so yeah. it's going to be cool speaking about middle field battle and i say middle field because i'm going to ferrari they always have great qualifying speed yes. so they really performed well in qualifying and then race day came and it just imploded yeah do you know what i think is the issue with ferrari it's the management we spoke about this earlier before this. There are too many cooks in, the, in that kitchen. And I think you need proper discipline. I think there's, there's no true team leader because you've got two exceptional drivers. Because Carlos Sainz is an exceptional driver as well as Charles Leclerc as well. But the, 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 the strength of Red Bull is that it's, it's the Mac show. 
You know, with Mercedes, it's the Mercedes show. With them, it's the, the two of them fighting. And now you've got a new team principal. You know, there's a whole lot of things on the go. And that's why there's not no direction. That's why it falls apart, in my opinion, during the race. Because they've got all the ingredients there. I mean, you look at the opening lap of what happened with uh, Carlos right, no, sorry, not Carlos, um, Charles being right on Max's back. Mm. They've got the potential. And it's, you know, if they clean up their... their, their um, their strategy, the strategy. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's all strategy. Yeah, all it's all strategy. Yeah. It's absolutely all strategy. So if they can clean that up, we'll have a, another team that's fighting for the first place. Yeah, and look, Ferrari are a great team. They've got incredible structure. Mm. We all know they've got the car. They've got the pace. Mm. They just need that ingredient. So they've got all the wet ingredients yeah. for the cake. Yeah. They just need the flour <laughs> and the self-rising <laughs> agent. Yeah. I think, look, last year's Ferrari car was, was something to behold. Because yeah. That's when we saw the true form of Ferrari. Yeah. Um, but again, Ferrari could have taken that constructor and the driver championship. Easily. But they were let down by yeah. small things, and we're starting to see it this mm. year. Ferrari are a threat, but... Mm. The more we see it, the more they kind of slot back into <laughs> midfield and the others just overtake it. And it's sad to see that marriage. Yeah. I mean, like they're fighting on the radio. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not even... tires. Yeah. They're swapping things. It's just embarrassing to watch. You don't want to watch a team as prestigious. Everyone's 100%. a Ferrari fan. Yeah. Everyone's like, yeah. you can appreciate their team. Yeah. Yeah. But to see a team crumble from the inside, it's like you don't feel sorry. You kind of feel like this is embarrassing because I don't want this for you and I don't even support you. Yeah. yeah. No, I know that's 100%. But, but, but also... It's been going on for so long. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, you can forgive a team having a bad season. You know, the management's not right. The structure's not right. The, uh, Ferrari's biggest problem is they still don't have a team. They don't yeah. work as a team. Yeah. 100%. You know, when s every race, Sainz is complaining about strategy. Every race. <laughs> yeah. Oh, guys, why didn't you bring me in? Yeah. Oh, guys, I'm you should have brought me you. in. You, yeah. yeah. Like, and you go, when a driver's making strategic calls, all the time. I get yes. it sometimes, you know, a driver's in control. He yeah. can feel mm. stuff. Maybe making a call when to put tires on, when not to. You can kind of get that. But just basic strategy. Yeah. And the first talking about the difference between a Red Bull and a Ferrari is everything works at Red Bull. <laughs> you know what I mean? Structure. But it's, you everything know, works for one person. Well, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. yeah, yeah. That that's a different that's argument. That's and different I don't agree point. with that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't agree with that anyway. But the, but the point is... Strategically, it's all working. We talk about that ingredients analogy. Mm. That's where Ferrari's lacking. And and you got to be, you got to feel for the drivers because mm -hmm. you kind of go, everything's there. Mm. Now let's just finish. Yeah, got you it. Know? Yeah. And especially on a race weekend like Austria, because we're looking at a very long format of racing. Mm. I mean, we've got qualifying on Friday, we've got practice on Friday, we've got sprint shootout, then sprint, then race. It's so much jam packed into one weekend that mm. you, even you want those ingredients to work mm. together. Yeah, you have to because also. It's, as Red Bull did, it's a time to capitalize, mm. but it's also a time to get so much data because you're on the track so much. So someone like McLaren or a team like McLaren have collected a lot of data, hopefully they can carry that forward because they didn't get a lot of mm. practice time on Friday. But it's also a time to capitalize on points, mm. you know, which Red Bull did. Yes. So you, 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 <laughs> kind of, you kind of have to make it work when you have a package like they have because the car is good. Mm. The car is good. It's everything else that seems to, to, to fall apart. And yeah, I've got to say, I, I, I feel for them. I feel for them. And, and you must know, the more it goes wrong, the more it goes wrong. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Because then management get, gets yeah. involved and, you know, Marinello then gets involved and then people get fired. And then all these staff that they've hired and poached and paid a lot of money now, it, it, there's just no gelling of a team. Yeah. I want to talk about two opposing 
drivers. And that is Perez, who had a fabulous weekend for Red Bull. And I think it was that little bit of extra confidence boost that he needed. And I want to compare him on the second side to Fernando Alonso, who didn't have the race weekend we all expected. Because, I mean, he's been going for Mission 33. He's been mm. wanting this win. And he just hadn't really had it. I think, Matthew, talk to me about Perez and what this confidence boost is going to do for him as a driver. Look, Perez has been, look, he's been on the back foot. He hasn't been having a great two races. I think we all saw that. Um, but I think for him, this is, it, it's, it's ride or die. Look, that second seed at Red Bull, everyone, like everyone was mentioning, you know, it, it's about, you know, one person. Not necessarily. I think Red Bull haven't had consistent structure mm -hmm. for a second seed. But anyone who joins that second seat knows you have to operate with the team. Mm. So one carries forward the momentum to get the most amount of points. But second person also has a job as a duty to fulfill for constructor. Yeah. So for Perez, he's got the car. He's got the talent. He just needs to be able to put the car. And when he's not performing, it, it takes a huge effect for the rest of the team because you can't just focus on Max. So for him, he's done a great, that was a great recovery. I think he proved a lot of the haters. Mm. Um, coming in from like 14, then he put on different tires and was like, what's going on? So to go from that, just to go to P3, it's quite a feat. And I think it does prove a big boost because he does need to extend. I mean, there's no word on a contract for next yeah. year. So he needs to be able to say, look, I am the second person. I can help Max. I can help the team. Mm. You know, you can't necessarily put him with Max in that same category, but he has to become someone who is a team player. Yeah, he's got to be the Valtteri Bottas of, of Lewis Hamilton, but that's another topic. Let's talk <laughs> Fernando Alonso. Um, Richard, he didn't have the weekend that we were all expecting. Yeah, and especially with the previous race where he dominated. I mean, he could have won that race. You actually heard him in the interview say you know we could have gone for the race and I think it's I think it's a consistency that we all talk about about Red Bull they've got a machine that's just so well oiled and you see it where it falls apart with other teams like this it now fell apart for Fernando and his team and you see it you know, th those are the cracks that come 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 into strategies like this. So I th I'm hoping that we're going to have a closer race at Silverstone. But I think, you know, with, with other teams having upgrades as well, I think Fernando, look, I have my reservation about Fernando. He was, I'm a Schumacher fan, but, you know, he, he's, he's exceptionally <laughs> talented. Going Let's, yeah, going back in time. But he's, he's exceptionally talented. And I think he's going to be fighting for top three again, you know, come, come Silverstone. So it, 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 we'll see. Well, it only uh, has to show if that Aston Martin can actually pull through and perform the way that it's been performing this season so far. So we are talking Silverstone. It is a race happening this weekend. And the British Grand Prix is always exciting, especially considering that we have three British drivers amongst us as we go into this race. Of course, it's Lewis Hamilton, George Russell, and Mr. Lando Norris. So we, he's <laughs> expecting some su uh, Papaya supporters to come out in Bridgestone. Yes, said it now. <laughs> 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 Look, it's an important race for everyone. I think most of the factory teams are based there. Um, so there's a lot of support for it. And also the Brits, just like with any of the other sports like football, they come in their numbers. So I think anyone who's a homegrown hero, any team that is based there, they're just going to feel the love and support. So there's nothing like a home race for most of the guys who are driving. And also that support, you know, when you see all the grandstands filled, I think it does a lot for morale and for boost, especially if you're a team that needs to collect points for the weekend. But also if you just want people to just enjoy what you're doing, because it can get stressful. You're like in Austria and, you know, Austria backs one person um, and the ring is named after the team that's winning. So it can be daunting to come there and you're like, well, geez, this is a lot against us. But, you know, for someone like Lewis or Lando or George, you know, for them, it's, it, there's pride in it. So, you know, win or lose they can take it to the fans and say look we performed we did our best um, but we know the fans back us you know and that's always an important thing for a driver
Um, Silverstone is going to be an exciting weekend. And the reason I say this, Avon, and you love it when it rains in Formula One, we are looking at rain again the whole weekend. I do. I, I see. So it's going to be interesting because there's so many upgrades coming. But the upgrades are really designed around a dry track, right? Nobody's designing upgrades specifically for the wet, right? And so I think that's going to throw a cat in among the pigeons. But I also think, you know, there's rain and then there's Silverstone, right? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. And then, and, and let's look at the last three seasons. Silverstone's always turned up drama. Mm. I mean, like completely crazy drama. And so I'm hoping, I'm hoping we'll have it again. <laughs> and I'm hoping it's going to be like the opposite of Austria, where we've got, and it's, it's a possibility, where you've got dry qualifying rain during the race, <laughs> during the race you oh, know? Wow. Um, and I think then you will, will really start to see, you know, if you look at a, a Checo Max scenario, we start to see who's, who's really going to hang it out there and take the risks. And then even further back, because everybody's fighting for points. Alpine is, you know, lagging. They need the points. They're bringing a big upgrade. McLaren want to obviously continue that great form mm -hmm. that they showed in Austria and its home race and its Lando, mm -hmm. you know, the blue-eyed boy. And then, of course, there's Lewis and, and, and yeah. Mercedes and George. You kind of go... Pe uh, my opinion is people are going to hang it out. They're just going to go, I'm going all in because we, 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 we obviously want to unseat Red Bull. But also, it's a track for many people that they, they know it. They know it well. They've got a lot of data. Uh, you know, unlike Austria, Austria is a very unique track. Mm. And so it didn't suit some cars. It didn't suit Alonso. It didn't suit the Mercedes. But I think Silverstone is going to suit those cars. And so I think we're going to see some green and black coming back into the fold. But then hopefully Signs is like, you know what? <laughs> I won this thing last year. I want it again. Even if I'm going to be my own strategist the whole race. I honestly think it's going to be the Mercedes show. I think for them, it's such a pride thing. Be interesting. Because Silverstone has always been the Lewis show. He's the most successful driver there. And I think they held back specific upgrades for this track. Mm. And I think it's for them to put a stick in the ground to say, hey guys, we're actually not a forgotten team. We're actually going to fight. I think this year is lost. Yeah. But I think this is going to be one of those Hail Mary sort of tracks where they're going to throw everything at it. And I think it's going to be... I think it's going to be this, some good surprises this weekend. Quickly, as we wrap up the show, give me your predictions. Matthew, let's start with you. Well, look, it's an easy one for me. It's going to be Max in P1 and Sergio is going to have to collect a P2 there. If not, I'm going to slot in a cheeky science. I think he might pull a number on Ferrari, Ooh. like we're saying. Um, and then I'm going to give Lewis P3. To be honest, like Rich was saying, the, the upgrades that they've bought, I think it, it's going to be quite a serious race for them in Silverstone. Okay, Richard, in. I'm going to go Max first, Lewis second. George third. Ooh. I think this is going to be a track where they bring it and it's not going to be a walk in the park just like it was last week. Avon. Max needs to win Silverstone. It's that trophy that he doesn't have. Mm. So he, I think it's a Max definitely a number one. But then we go Lewis two and I'm going to go Sainz three. Oh. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I throw my spanner in the works? Okay. Let us know. So I'm going Max to win because we all know that's going to happen. I'm going Fernando for a second. Oh, okay. Just because I feel like he wants to do a bit of redemption after last week. And I think if he's got the car behind him, he's going to push back to try and get mm. onto that podium. And then Lewis because he's got his home crowd with him. You reckon he's going to hang out I on those gonna say longer? <laughs> I she was going to say Norris. Oh. <laughs> I wish. No, I think he's going he's to come with his fifth slash fourth again. <laughs> I've got a spanner. Yeah. I think, you know, you know, Max and Lewis had that cops corner incident. Yes. I think yes. we might see Fernando and Lewis go at it. Ooh. You reckon? Look, 
evenly matched cars, same powertrain, and I think logically they're the. And they have a history as well. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So they have I think. A history. Yeah, so I think maybe that. All right. Well, Jens, thank you so much for joining me and giving me all your opinions about the Formula One world. And thank you for tuning in. Check us out on social media channels, and then of course tune in for the next episode after Silverstone.